Chapter 6 How Reluctant Spouses Communicate In this chapter, I will help you understand how your reluctant spouse is likely to communicate. As in the previous chapters, I've chosen some of the most frequently asked questions to provide clarity and insight into this area of your spouse's life. At the end of each question, I will also give you very clear and actionable tips that you can incorporate into your situation to assist you in being able to properly interpret what your reluctant spouse is saying. This information will also help you to properly communicate to them without setting off any hidden triggers. Please note that cold reluctant spouses will be less communicative as compared to lost reluctant spouses. Question. Why is talking about the relationship so hard? Answer. Whether your spouse is a cold reluctant spouse or a lost reluctant spouse, effective communication will be very difficult for them during this season of your marriage. As you have probably figured out by now, cold reluctant spouses will be less likely to communicate as compared to lost reluctant spouses. For me, I struggled immensely with communicating with my wife. We literally lived like roommates and only spoke about topics that were platonic and finance or house-centric. The difficulties that I had with communicating with my wife were twofold. First, I really didn't know what to say to her. I had no solution to her daily struggles and bouts of sadness. As I watched from a distance her search for answers, I felt severely handicapped and ill-equipped. I was struggling to find meaning for myself, so I definitely could not give her what I did not have. For that reason, I kept my distance. Secondly. I had a huge mental block that kept me from even desiring to communicate with my wife. I struggled with the notion that any communication with her meant that I was opening the door to repairing the relationship. It almost seemed as if any time I spoke with my wife about any neutral topic, eventually the road would lead back to us talking about fixing our marriage. Part of this was a figment of my imagination, and the other part was true. Maybe that happened a few times, but I was convinced that this would happen all of the time. I didn't want to be forced into rectifying the marriage. If I was to come back, I wanted it to be because I genuinely wanted to come back. My guess is that your reluctant spouse is dealing with the same faulty beliefs. Granted, they may truly not have the answers. Their desire of not being manipulated into making a decision is most likely keeping them from even trying. There is much that you can do to assist in changing their views of you. What you can do to help them. Your reluctant spouse will deal with many faulty beliefs about themselves and about you during this process. You don't want to add fuel to the fire by doing things that will enable their faulty beliefs. There are a few things that, if done correctly, can help them to be willing to communicate more effectively. Before you try anything, I want you to lose your primary agenda of saving your marriage. This can't be your number one priority. Instead, focus more on becoming the best version of yourself. Restoring your marriage has to come after that. This stand has to be about your personal and spiritual growth before it becomes about you getting your reluctant spouse back. If not, you risk being seen by your reluctant spouse as weak, needy, and manipulative. They will literally watch your every move, waiting for you to go back on your word. That way, they can have something or someone else to blame for their present condition. Your greatest weapon in disarming them of this defensive posture is consistent personal growth. 
Also, don't make every conversation about your desire for them to return back to the marriage. If your reluctant spouse has shown signs of their desire to return, focus instead on restoring your friendship. Show them that you can be a safe place, a friend who is genuinely interested in giving unconditionally. Once they learn that conversations with you are safe, they will be more likely to open up and become vulnerable. Question. Why are there so many mixed signals? Answer. Just like ineffective communication is a premium during the season of your marriage, mixed signals will be at an all-time high. (laughs) This is especially the case for lost reluctant spouses, mainly early on in the process of them becoming reluctant. Given their highly confused nature, it is not uncommon for them to pull you close one day only to push you away the next. One moment they will be highly motivated to help restore the marriage, and the next moment they will be withdrawn and reclusive. For you, this is probably one of the most stressful parts of your journey. Although they are aware of this, they may feel as if they can't control their constant swaying from one extreme to the next. They will, at times, truly feel motivated to salvage the relationship, only to think themselves out of that position an hour or two later. Do you remember the three questions that I wrestled with in the previous chapter? If not, here they are again. Question number one. If I recommit and the relationship never changes, will I be stuck in an unhappy relationship? Question number two. If I messed up once, what will stop me from messing up again? Question number three. What if I change my mind again in the future? Your reluctant spouse is most likely allowing these anxiety-inducing questions to talk themselves out of remaining motivated. With enough time and energy, the anxiety produced by these questions will push them back into panic mode, where they will ultimately flee once again to their islands of solitude, leaving you frustrated and broken all over again. The mixed signals that are given off are their misguided attempts at finding light at the end of the tunnel. Remember that the colder they are, the less likely they are to give you any mixed signals. So if you look at it correctly, mixed signals are not a bad thing during this season. Mixed signals mean they are still open to the option of salvaging the marriage. As weird as this may seem, encourage this behavior instead of rejecting it. What you can do to help them. Now before you rip this page out, as I know this way of thinking may go against everything you have been told, (laughs) allow me the opportunity to explain why you want to encourage this behavior and what you should be doing when they do show a self-guided interest in restoring the marriage. Seeing mixed signals in your reluctant spouse's behavior and in their communication patterns helps you to point out moments when they will be receptive to you sowing seeds. I know that it will appear like they are double-minded, and they are, But being able to catch them when they are in pool mode is all you want at this point. As I've said before, learn their rhythm. We all function on cycles. When is your reluctant spouse less reluctant? At what times of the day or of the week are they less stressed? What moments make them more happy and more relaxed? Pay close attention to everything that your spouse does or doesn't do during this season. Every bit of information that you gather is used for helping you to know when and how to communicate with them. Be very intentional. I know this may seem like a lot of work, but this is the point of unconditional love, to give unconditionally. 
You can only know what to give and how to give if you understand the person that you are giving to. And all of this can only be done based on your personal position. So stay balanced. Question. Is lying or denying things a way to protect your hurt spouse, yourself, or both? Answer. The easiest and most convenient way for reluctant spouses to cope with the weight of their divisive behaviors is to simply lie to either themselves and or to you about what they feel and what they have done. Lost reluctant spouses will more likely lie to escape the pain and consequences of their confusion, while cold reluctant spouses will usually lie to avoid being emotionally accountable to you. They will lie out of their desire to create more distance between them and you. It is not uncommon for a reluctant spouse to be deceitful or intentionally withhold information out of their desire to protect your feelings as well. This is usually the case with lost reluctant spouses. I can recall times when I purposefully withheld information from my wife during our marital difficulties because I didn't want to hurt her feelings any more than I had already did. I would find creative ways to word certain things or withhold information altogether based on the way she asked or didn't ask questions, especially prior to me admitting to the emotional affair. For me, I knew that at some point I would have to come clean if I was to rebuild the trust that I had squandered. If your lost reluctant spouse is contemplating reunification, they are probably thinking the same thing. If that is the case, you don't want to harp on being honest. Doing so will only cause them to second guess their already difficult decision of turning back towards the marriage. What you can do to help them. In order to rebuild trust, you will need for your reluctant spouse to be honest with you. They know this already, so continually mentioning this will only create more anxiety around their decision to fix the marriage. Instead, try these very strategic techniques. Model the behavior that you want to see out of them. Simply put, be honest first. Share with them your missteps, your mistakes, and your struggles surrounding the marriage. Demonstrate vulnerability and objectivity so that they can see how it should be done. Plus, when you air your dirty laundry that they are already aware of, it disarms them. It's harder for them to be defensive about something you did if you've not rectified it with them first. Don't be offended by their lies. Remember, they're not supposed to have emotional influence in your life at this point anyways. Instead, try to understand their lies by discovering the things that they are lying to protect. That means that you will have to spend some time hearing from God about where their heart is. Remember, you do have spiritual authority in your spouse's life, so God can provide you with this information. Question. At what point was full disclosure in life as an open book a plausible option in your head? Answer. The concept of life as an open book is one that your reluctant spouse has most likely never been personally accustomed to. Expecting them to reveal all to you during this time in their lives is pretty lofty. I don't say that to be pessimistic. I say it to help you understand the struggles that come with this type of expectation. If you are married to a cold reluctant spouse, expect them to fight tooth and nail to stay protected by their desire to remain free from the vulnerability. For lost reluctant spouses, expect for the process to be slightly easier, but still a challenge. Also, Understand that they will only reach a point where full disclosure is possible when they have made a conscious decision to return back to the marriage. 
They know that full disclosure is necessary for a healthy reunification, and they will take their time to count the cost. The more that is at stake, the longer it will take for them to truly oblige with full disclosure. I went through that exact process. Prior to coming clean to my wife about my extramarital antics, I had to weigh my options and count the costs. Some would say that coming clean clears the conscience. For me, coming clean was less about that and more about validating to her and to myself that I was ready to begin picking up the pieces of our marriage and stitching them back together again. If this is to happen for your marriage, then patience and long-suffering will have to be your anchor points what you can do to help them. Before you think to yourself that you don't have the strength to endure any more challenges or the patience to wait any longer, I want you to consider these strategic measures instead. Resist the urge to develop your own expectations of how your spouse should act while they are reluctant. Maintain your own emotional influence. Make sure that you are not letting your emotional guard down just because you may start seeing rays of hope. Remember the push and pull cycles that your reluctant spouse will go through. Plant seeds when they pull, stand strong when they push. Patience and long-suffering are attributes of unconditional love. Make sure that you understand those traits before you try to exemplify them. Literally study how Jesus demonstrated those traits so that you can model your behaviors after his. Stay anchored by believing in what God has said about your marriage. Keep your eyes on that at all times. Question. Sometimes I think I need to just back off, not text my husband, not call, not reach out. And I don't mean that I'm texting him scriptures and trying to enforce the reconciliation. I just mean talking in general. Is less more in this situation? Answer. The answer to this question will depend on two things. How cold your spouse is and how confused your spouse is. If you're dealing with a cold, reluctant spouse, you probably are already accustomed to having limited communication with them. Increasing your communication when that is part of the ammo that a cold, reluctant spouse uses to keep their guard up is futile and will only result in more frustration on your part. You will have to take a very strategic approach for this type of spouse. Likewise, if you are attempting to communicate with a lost, reluctant spouse who is very confused, this too can prove to be less fruitful than you think. Although this logic is obvious for cold spouses, it may not be the case for lost spouses, especially those who are very confused. Here is why. The more confused your reluctant spouse is, the easier it is for them to misinterpret your motives. That is the last thing you want. For me, that was a usual occurrence. Because of my confusion, I would almost expect that every time my wife communicated with me, she was attempting to coax me into agreeing to reconcile the marriage. I misinterpreted most of her motives until she changed her approach to communicating with me. Speaking of changing one's approach, that is exactly what you will have to get used to doing. What you can do to help them. Effective, timely, and strategic communication is paramount if you are to successfully connect with your reluctant spouse. This is not the time to lose patience hope, or motivation. Often, effectively communicating with a reluctant spouse will take more than what you feel you have. Don't worry. You are strong enough. Because of that, here are a few tips to keep in mind. Remember that the fight for your marriage is more spiritual than physical. If God has spoken to you regarding your marriage, you will have to fight to keep the word at the forefront of your mind. 
If what you currently see is not what God has shown you, then what you see is only temporary. Treat it as such. When it comes to communicating with your reluctant spouse about the marriage, only speak what God has shared with you. Never speak out of emotion, fear, presumption, or confusion. If you have nothing to say, don't say anything. Your silence can be golden during the season of your marriage. Develop a consistent habit of hearing from God regarding what and how to communicate to your spouse before you speak. Lastly, when you do communicate with your reluctant spouse, speak to their hearts and not to their heads. Remember, they will use their surface emotions as barriers. Most of what they say will be fueled by those emotions. If you respond to what they are saying with their mouths, you only perpetuate the problem. Get real good at hearing and responding to their hearts. Communicating with a reluctant spouse. Out of the questions that I received, the five questions included in this chapter provided me with the best opportunity of creating a clear picture of the obstacles that you face and the strategies that are most effective when communicating with a reluctant spouse. Much of your success will hinge on how you communicate with your reluctant spouse. So make sure not to take this chapter lightly. Use the information in this chapter to help you to know what to say and when to say it. Although nothing in this chapter is a universal truth, you can rest assured that this information is pretty accurate. Now that you have a better understanding of your reluctant spouse and how they communicate, let's move to discovering a more in-depth view of how reluctant spouses cope.